This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I am your host Melanie Studley. What's up my good friends? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and we are excited. I know, I'm so excited. Today, you know why we're excited? No, because tell me. today's Episode 12 of Season 1. Only Ourselves to Blame. Only Ourselves to Blame. And I listened to it last week, and I re-listened to it again, and I got the feels for it. Oh, it's such a good episode. I I, did. I can't get enough of this episode. And if we weren't doing the 75 hard, and we can like toast to champagne, then I would would toast you right now Mm -hmm. and have some bubbly, but that's not a thing. I know. Maybe after a couple of weeks when we're done, we will will toast to it. If you're new here, welcome. We have a marriage podcast called the Anatomy of Marriage Podcast, and it's all about helping marriages because ours was so incredibly terrible. And if you've listened to the last 12 episodes, Mm -hmm. you know that now. Yeah. Uh, But we love everything marriage and relationship related because of the crap we had to dredge ourselves through. We lived it. We got through it. I'm a marriage and family therapist. We know some stuff mm-hmm. and we love to help people and mm-hmm. we love to talk about it. Oh, and guess what? We still go through some of that stuff, not to the insane extent that we did way back when, but mm-hmm. we're still working through it because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's a journey, not a destination, and that is what it was and is and always will be for us. That's right. Um so without further ado, here is episode twelve, only ourselves to blame. Enjoy. All right. Enjoy. I think I assumed a lot of things, and I, I wasn't respectful, and uh, so I think probably didn't give you a, a, a solid, fair chance that I could have. For me to not have grace and like love towards you was totally wrong. It's like I wish that someone would have just plainly said, like, "Look, you're not that great. You you aren't." Like in this place above Seth. Welcome back to Stronger Marriages Podcast, where we explore why marriages really succeed and fail. And oh my goodness, people, we made it. We are on episode number 12, Only Ourselves to Blame. 
Last week, we talked all about domestic violence, and if you haven't heard that one yet, I highly suggest that you go back and have a listen. But today, today we are talking all about how we made it through the crap that we made it through. And I'm going to share the tips and insights from previous episodes and some stuff that we just couldn't fit in anywhere else. So get excited. I know I'm excited. But first, we're going to start by sitting down with our producer, Matt, and looking back at the moments in our relationship when things begin to take a turn for the better. One of the points for me, like the turning point, was um, when we were doing counseling with um, one of our pastors at the time, who also was a licensed mental health counselor, and he looked at me and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he, like staring at me while he was saying that. Yeah. And, I, and, and coming, from, coming from, I guess, uh, an older male authority figure, you know, who was vetted, licensed, all these things, it was almost like it made me feel so small and that was a good thing. It was like one of the best things I could have heard. You know, what are you doing which was, you know, that, that gave no room for question on my part. What am I doing? No room for, well, she does this and that. It's like, how am I reacting? How am I loving? How am I not reacting to all this stimuli? What are you doing? And what, what behavior specifically, I don't know if I missed that in this episode or whatever. We talked a lot about what she's done. But what specifically was he so uh, at least ostensibly confused about. Like maybe kind of like um, maybe I felt entitled to blame Melanie mm-hmm. for what she had done, for what she was was doing currently, you know, uh, how hurt she was, you know. Why aren't you understanding of like, you know, your actions affected your wife so negatively. You did that. Mm-hmm. You did it, not anyone else, not your church, not your friends, not anything, not her. You did it. What are you mm-hmm. doing? You know, and I, I think we were talking about some recent fight or something, but that question really made me go back eight years and go, oh my gosh, that is really what powerful. What have I done? And what do I, dis- what do I want to do moving forward? And moving forward, of course, looked much different than what had been done. It, in the it's past. a really powerful question when posed at the right time, if the timing's right, because it, it yeah. really does strip away. Any ability for you to say, well, I did, I did this, but it's because she did this or whatever. Like you've right. at that moment had to face, there's a, lots of things that I have done and am currently doing. Yeah, it that, wasn't like a, a, a current like, hey, what are you doing right now? It yeah. was like a meta, kind of like a universe style, mm-hmm. you know, I guess. Yeah, I mean, what a gift in marriage to have humility. Here's Les and Leslie Parrott again. I mean, humility is key because in the dance of life, we are definitely going to step on each other's toes. So you have to own it. You know, it's so easy when you're hurt to see the wrong that your spouse has done to you mm-hmm. and often so difficult to have the humility to own maybe what you did to add to the complexity and the emotional chaos that created that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's huge. Ownership and humility, um, I think, and, and vulnerability is so contagious when you are willing to say to your spouse, look, I blew it, um, it's nearly impossible for them not to be moved into that place of humility and shared responsibility. Yeah, that vulnerability begets vulnerability, right? right? Uh, we were having dinner once with uh, some very good friends, um, Neil and Marilyn Warren. Neil is the founder of eHarmony. Mm-hmm. And um, I said to Neil, this was late at night, we're sitting at the dining room table in Los Angeles, and I said, uh, 
I said, hey, if you could only give one word of advice to a couple about to be married, what would it be? And he thought for like a split second. I mean, this answer was right on the tip of his tongue. And he said, get yourself healthy before you get yourself married, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a process. Of course, nobody checks, wakes up some morning, checks that off their list. Hey, I'm healthy. I got it all together now. We're always in process. And a huge part of that is taking responsibility for the state of where we are mm-hmm. right now. That this is, this is us. And um, it's not uh, about uh, waiting for the government to improve things so our lives get better or our in-laws to change or our church to change or whatever, right? It comes down to us. Well, we have something we'll use from time to time. We just call it the big question. And we'll just, one of us will, when we get inspired, just ask the other person, what's one thing I could do right now to make our marriage better? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because it sounds ominous. Like you're just scared about what you're going to hear. Like, oh no, you know, you're going to tell me I've blown it and the whole thing. But it always starts a great conversation because often it's just surprisingly small things mm-hmm. that would make your spouse feel totally loved. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you have the courage to ask that, they invite the same thing. And it just opens up a new window of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be open to hearing that. You know, when you're defensive and scared to, you know, get feedback from your spouse, then you stop getting sort of the benefit of that, just totally unedited kind of love. Right. I think I assumed a lot of things. Here's me and Seth in the car again. And I I wasn't respectful. I assumed that you should just be okay with things. I was immature. You know, she should be okay with it. Oh, she won't mind. Just let me live were things that I would say. And uh, so I think probably didn't give you a a solid, fair chance that I could have. Can't handle whatever. And at the time, like, I had started listening to Joyce Meyer, like, every single day as, like like, a way to just get out of this place that I was in but I remember the moment of like I was in the TV room but I was on the floor looking at the Bible and I was like looking up all these verses on just different things and um, I remember one I can't remember which verse it was but it like it just made me like stop and go you know what I don't know why I think this is the worst thing that ever happened in the world because it isn't and I felt completely stupid and was like this is so dumb that I've wasted all these tears on this and like you know felt so wretched and all this stuff because essentially it's like this is just a thing that happened and I'm not any better than Seth it's not like I haven't lied it's not like I've never done inappropriate things or tried to like manipulate people of course I'd done all those things And so I took the same, you know, like all the things that you did, I warped them to this level of like, but I would never do that. And I had done all of them. And so it was this moment of like really sobering truth, like, oh, that I I am that. We are the same exact thing. So we were equal. Yeah. And for me to not have grace and like love towards you was totally wrong and what I wish that if I could go back and relive the experience like I wish that someone would have just plainly said like look you're not that great 
You, you aren't, like, in this place above Seth. I can't believe what our relationship looks like now. And I don't say that to be, like, goofy or stupid or, like, you can change your marriage. You know, it's not that. It's like, right. I genuinely, when I think back to eight years ago, mm. sitting on our bed, I remember thinking I will never, ever, ever love him. Ever. Mm-hmm. The way that I loved him a year ago. Right. But now, I love you so much more yes. than, I lo- <laughs> than I loved you then. Right. But in like just the craziest, most different way, I, and I could have never foreseen it or understood or believed or even thought it would be real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of that has come from us deciding, like making a firm choice. We are going to stay together, but we're going to grow individually and as a couple and as a family and every day we're gonna like be a little bit better than the day before right even if it's really really freaking hard mm-hmm. would you go so far as to say that the biggest difference in the way you felt about seth then and you do now has to do with change that occurred with you yes oh definitely that's but, a weird way i mean yeah. you know if you're in a place where you don't think where you're questioning or you think it's over or you can't with this person. I mean, that's super difficult to imagine that if you were to for things to improve, mm-hmm. you you were the one that will be different. And I think a lot yeah. of people just aren't willing to face it. Like you said there, and it's true, you you knew to work it out means you have to face your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been the hardest thing about this whole process is one, having to admit to other people mm-hmm. that that I was afraid to look at myself because people look at me and think I'm confident. People look at me and think, oh, she does, she sings, she dances, she does blah. But I was, I wanted to blame Seth so bad. Mm-hmm. I did for years. But in this podcast even, I wanted to blame him for every single thing. And I wanted to like tell everyone about how we got through it because it was all his fault. Mm-hmm. And the more we go, th- literally every episode, mm-hmm. every person I interview, I'm like, oh my gosh. I was doing that. I would, and not that he's not to blame for things in it, but the majority of the conflict in our marriage came from my lack of self understanding. Mm -hmm. I would put things onto him. I would assume he knew how to fix it. He's older. He's was a Christian longer. He's smarter. He's got a degree. And when it really all came back to, I was not looking at myself at all. Mm -hmm. I was looking at Seth to cure everything, fix everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm still amazed that like in the making of episode 10 or 11, I can still be like, oh my gosh, I'm learning still. Uh-huh. Like, how is that possible? But it's amazing, you know? And, and it, it teaches me so many things about myself and how I relate with other people, with my kids, with the world. Um, and it, yeah, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. What about you? No, I think that is a... Um I think all all the greatest life lessons are are lessons that we learned about ourselves and if we accept and go with the change that we need, you know, if we're open to that change, um yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't you, it was I mean we can both say this, but it wasn't your fault, it was my fault and what what I needed to change and how I needed to grow and things I needed to realize about myself, you know, so it was both our fault but not our fault. Now, into the good stuff. Something that Seth has did um, was he decided to set a prayer alarm three times a day, like in his phone, where no matter what he was doing, he would call or stop what he was doing and come be with me and pray, um, like for our situation to get better. And it was 
really weird because at the time I was not in a space to appreciate it. It was a, a, a period when you didn't love him in your own yeah. words. Oh, yes. I wanted to leave you, him. You wanted yeah. me to not do that. I hated it when he would do it mm-hmm. sometimes. And uh, I would be at the grocery store and he would call and I knew what he was calling for. And sometimes I literally would not even say hello. I would just pick up my phone, put it to my ear. He would pray and I would hang up. And I just didn't care. Oof. Like I hated it. And it was awkward. Like there would be times when I would be with my mom in the car. We were driving somewhere and he would do it. Um, but you always picked up the phone. And I, I think that like part of my determination in that and then also your openness, like you could have not picked up the phone, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the idea of prayer alarms was just like, I don't know. I, I, I decided to, okay, no matter what, and this is a literal no matter what, we would pray I, even at your wedding, Matt. Mm-hmm. Like when when we were like going around taking the groomsmen pictures and stuff, the prayer alarm went off, and you were you know a hundred yards away. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is what we do, yeah. right? So it's that like kind of steadfast determination and deciding that we were going to do it, and then your willingness to be like, okay, we're going to do this. Even too. the simplest thing of just answering the phone just was, was the enough phone. of a, a tiniest little. Window all, or green all she light. had to do was just answer the phone. Yeah, you know, and I think more often than not, we had a, a little conversation. How long of a time period it. was that? That and was like well, for a year. And how long before it wasn't re- resentful or contentious? It took probably six months or more. I mean, it took a long time, but I. But at well, the hold, same time, hmm? well, let, let's say like what the prayer alarms actually were like. Um, I think we I set three of them per day. Um, we we would we would pray in the morning, and then at nine o'clock, my nine a.m. the prayer alarm would go off. Twelve p.m. it would go off, and at three p.m. it would go off, and then we would pray at night. So we were praying no matter what five times a day, like literally no matter what five times a day. So even even just that that consistent kind of routine became something in itself. So what does that feel like to you? Just I mean. If nothing else, you had an intellectual knowledge, head knowledge that he was fighting for it. Yeah, I mean, that like was... That's all, it, just period, that at least he was trying for yeah, real. That was actually one of my biggest... Um, it was both disappointing because I wanted him to leave me because I wanted to be right. And I didn't want to have to look at myself. Mm-hmm. If he had stayed... I would have had to look at myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of me was really, really resentful that he was being absolutely dedicated to making it better. And um, so that took a really long time for me to come out of that space and then to to like be happy that mm-hmm. he was actually making it better and not annoyed. But there, at the same time, I also was doing my own work where I... I would put sticky notes on absolutely everything. And some of the sticky notes would just say things like, don't hate your husband or touch your husband or Seth is a good dad. And I would put them everywhere. I'd hide them in my car. I'd put them, you know, on everywhere. It's interesting. I would mostly hide them from him though. I didn't want him to see that I was was just so that you could encounter it. And then no matter how you felt, you'd know, well, at least at some point in the last few weeks, I felt, that he's a good dad. Mm-hmm. You know, when you don't feel that way and then you see that you had written it down, mm-hmm. it makes you kind of confronted with that yeah. reality. Another thing I did too, which I'm surprised that I did, but a few months after the hardest parts of our marriage, I went back and looked in my journal for some reason and was reading through it and was like, 
it was just heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. All the details, like, you know, because I would write about how sad I was, how upsetting it was, what he did, what he said, what blah, blah, blah. And I literally tore all of the pages out and burned them. Because mm. uh, I'm like, you know what? If I want to have a better marriage, I can't have this crap around. Mm-hmm. Why? W- I mean, the second I read it, my heart sinks, my stomach drops, I feel terrible. I'm immediately back in the place of that time. Right. And so uh-huh. I very intentionally got rid of all of that and was like, I'm, I'm done. That is a thing that is done. That is a thing that is done indeed. For the rest of the show, I'm just going to play you some of my favorite moments from all of the previous episodes because I can and you can't stop me. So here we go. Well, it's powerful because we feel loved or unloved on the basis of whether or not the other person lives into those roles. I would say that they have to make a, an additional effort to make those cultural differences explicit. First, I have to understand me. I'm a me. Mm-hmm. And then you come up and you're a you. And then you have to create a we. And those are all important things to pay attention to. The idea of a couple is not to become like a smoothie where they become identical to each other because you've blended them together, but rather to learn how to honor, in fact, thrive on differences. And then with compassionate, respectful communication, promote the linkage. So this is basically the idea of you really want to be a fruit salad, not a smoothie. What are your biological needs? What are his biological needs? It could be sexual, it could be socializing, it could be foods you like and don't like. I mean, there's a lot. Well, it's quite consuming and it's compelling too. And it's always in the background and it's also quite often why we choose the people we do the love because there's a way they can help us finish that business or we're seeking that closure with them. We're not androids, so it's perfectly normal for them to be worried, scared, to get the wrong answer, to have different opinions. I think everyone should like respect each other's opinions. Ideally, you have all three. You have your attachment love, you have your erotic love, and you have your romantic love. So as a born male feminist, I would just say, I am not smarter than you. And (laughs) you have been conditioned by a culture to say that. And I just hope you don't believe it. Not a question I was planning on asking you, so forgive me for the like jumbled. <laughs> this is the process, is the content. This is good. <laughs> do you think that I came up with a list of the 10, 10 ways to do it, the worst to the best, and chose uh, number four worst way? <laughs> is that what you that how I decided to solve this problem? Uh, yeah, it's actually called phenylethylamine. It's produced in the amygdala of the brain, and it just it literally floods your brain and it gives you that euphoric feeling. It's a it's a chemically induced high. So it's the same. I actually want to get close to you, and I know that your history and your pain, I suffer with you. There's suffering that happens in marriages. And there's hopefully compassion and care that comes out of that shared suffering. But I'm going to be affected by that. We love each other in shared suffering sometimes. I feel like you are an idiot. <laughs> that's how I feel like yeah. all my I statements are going to sound. That's just, that's just immature. You know, I feel a, like you can't clean the house. I feel like I'm awesome and you're really not <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I don't like this feeling. <laughs> love it <laughs> you can do that <laughs> i hope i can that's, do very, that. that's very different than saying i'm right you're wrong i'm not really interested in what you have to say but you're telling me you aren't even in love with me <laughs> no i'm not telling you that is that why you eat so much ice cream oh my gosh this marriage is a farce <laughs> and the the difference in what's shared and what's not and how well it's shared seems to be 
the the really big difference. And I think that must be what I mean. It kind of gave me this light bulb of clarity about oh, that's what therapy is. That's what talking about stuff is. That's what telling other people's stories and letting them connect to it is. Experiencing things in isolation is terrible. Oh, so you, that's interesting. So you're saying you're taking an isolated experience and you're creating it you're turning it into yes. a shared experience right. by sitting down with someone and, and that's what therapy is and that's kind of what this podcast hopefully is, is achieving in, in some degree because it makes me identify with the Susie from episode one or you yeah. know the, these stories this way you're like a ferris wheel circling around off in an open field firm in the ground lost in the wilderness not to be found give me your hand and I won't let you Dudley, what do you think about that episode? <laughs> That's a good episode. It is the best. Straight up. It is a good episode. Mm-hmm. You know why it's so good? Because it just reiterated what we have recently been learning in mm-hmm. real time, and I think we're on the same page, mm-hmm. right? Extreme ownership. Yes, yes, right? yes. So tell me about that. I thought it was very interesting because what Matt was even asking, he's like, he basically just kind of really point blank was like, well, do you think a lot of this was your fault? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, like I actually had to say, and I remember it was so, oh my gosh, making mm-hmm. this season was the most embarrassing, like humbling, just mm-hmm. I'm a pile of absolute dog duke. <laughs> and I would have to be like, and now listen to my dog duke on display. Right. And when Matt asked me that, I really was like, it's like uh, resonating and reverberating back all of the things that we're intentionally learning now. Mm-hmm. But back then when we were making the show, we sort of fell on by all of the interviews we did and all the people we talked to and all the research and all of that stuff. So yeah, that was really, um, really powerful. It's like we say all the time doing this show, this show and speaking in front of people and doing IG lives or podcasts or phone calls or masterminds, it is all cathartic and therapeutic mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, it's like I'm talking about the same thing over and over. And first, I'm talking to myself about it. Mm-hmm. And I do this in therapy too with clients. And I say it. I'm saying, you know what? What I'm saying to you right now is what I'm saying to myself. Yeah. So I'm not trying to call you out. It is, I'm saying it to myself, we can walk through it together. And sometimes I call that a serendipitous, a a serendipitous, serendipitous exchange. exchange, right? And I've probably talked about that before. A million times. But it's such a cool thing that I actually coined because I've never read it anywhere else mm-hmm. that as I am mm-hmm. learning from the client, I can relate to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's not therapy isn't about the therapist yeah, yeah, right yeah. ever um but i i i feel that i can be much more authentic when i say hey i hear you mm-hmm. i've gone through something similar mm-hmm. or i know what you're talking about there and it's a serendipitous exchange i'm sharing with them 
they're getting something from me mm-hmm. and I'm actually getting something from them. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it was it's just so it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful to us and I hope it's helpful to other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is because we have a lot of downloads, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my one, again, I go the, to this all the time, but this making this season was so amazing because it was like the most intentional immersion mm-hmm. into uh, what am what am I doing? Who am I becoming? How am I growing? And then going like, I know. I'll talk to the greatest people about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call Dr. Dan Siegel. Right. Like, and Mike McCarg from the Liturgist podcast. I'll ask like several Dr. New York Les Times, and Leslie Parrott. Yeah, yeah. New York, Leslie New York Times bestsellers. It's crazy. And so just that experience alone, when I re-listen to it, I'm like, wow, what a gift just making this show was. Mm-hmm. And we did it ourselves. Yeah. Like we said, we're going to do this big crazy mm-hmm. thing and go on this giant adventure because we want to. Yeah. We want to dive into the hardest, worst, most embarrassing, most shaming, most humiliating stuff show everybody, talk to specialists and therapists and all these people about it, and then figure out what happened and how it can help others. And I just think it's amazing. And for me in in particular, because I had to edit it and create it, it's Mm -hmm. so, it's like a whole universe. Like I was just in our kid's bedroom stretching while I re-listened to it Mm -hmm. right before we came in here. And I was... on another were you, planet, were you taken aback. I to was in a different universe. What was I mean, going on? Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't even here. Like yeah. it was just the coolest thing. Yeah. Here's here's when I said, yeah, I'm going to preach. So when I was listening to that episode, and it kind of mixed in with the hide your guns episode too. Uh-huh. And this is really interesting because we all, and if you haven't had it, you will have it. I believe in your marriage or just in your personal life or in your family life. Like we all have a time where we are just at rock bottom, right? That can be with substance use, rock bottom, alcohol, whatever. Or it can be depression, it can be anxiety. For us, our rock bottom was in eleven. Was in episode 11, mm-hmm. where I was literally, I thought that you were going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. That's not a place where anybody wants to be, right? Maybe some of our listeners have been there before. It sucks. And then I was I locked myself in our room as we talk about in uh, episode eleven, and I'm just on my face like I have nothing, mm-hmm. I have zero like, and I'm not talking about I didn't have any fight left in me. Mm-hmm. I'm saying th- there's no use in fighting. Mm-hmm. It was still there, but I was like I realized there was no use in fighting. I can do nothing, and it was a one hundred percent, one hundred percent total reliance on God, right? Mm-hmm. And that was probably the most hardest most greatest place that I've ever been, right? Mm. And that was the rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you might say, well, you were, you were like totally relying on God. How can that be rock bottom? It's it, rock bottom in the sense of like I was dead mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, and I didn't have anything else to lift me up except the greatest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like faith in God. Mm-hmm. And Dave Ramsey talks about when he went bankrupt, and he talks about this all the time on the show, when he went bankrupt, thinking that like he just had a little kid, I think he had an older kid and like a little baby or something, maybe it was Rachel, I don't know, and he was afraid that people were coming to take his furniture mm-hmm. out, of, out of his house because he went completely bankrupt, mm-hmm. they got the cars, it was like, are they going to take literally our, our couch mm-hmm. kind of thing? And he, that was the time when he planted his flag in the ground said absolutely no more mm-hmm. no matter what i will 
literally die and disintegrate before I even come close to letting this type of thing uh-huh. happen again, right? So from that, it's literally like the the story of the phoenix. And don't say Harry Potter. <laughs> Fox. <laughs> F-A-U-X. Yes, F-A-U-X. But rising from the ashes, mm-hmm. like you have to be burnt down, destroyed, completely humbled, maybe humiliated, mm-hmm. just almost dead. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, now is the time to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to go. And thank Jesus, Lord, baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> that there was enough, there was still fight mm-hmm. left in me, right? So I had something totally destroyed and then like, okay, Let's rebuild well, this. Well, I think that you, you know got, what I'm saying? and I mean, this sounds fun. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. But I think what was what we were doing in the past or what we were doing before we got to that point of hitting rock bottom was we were trying to lean on ourselves and our own understanding. Right. We, and we were idiots. And defend what we thought was right. Mm-hmm. Back and forth, back and yep. forth all the and time. So I think, I'm right. You're right. Well, family of origin. Your mom does this. Blah, you yeah. Know? And so I think what happened is we got to rock bottom. And it was a little bit of like a forced hand, like, all right, can you stop it being idiots now? Mm-hmm. And so we stopped being idiots and then leaned on Jesus, I believe, mm-hmm. and leaned on our faith and leaned on, I leaned on Joyce Meyer. Um, I don't well, know what. We we had a bazillion resources, right? And growth, figuring out growth versus fixed mindset was a huge one. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that that was maybe probably one of the, like the the first forays into this new like I've always done things weird and kind of had a growth mindset and not wanted to do what other people mm-hmm. have done mm-hmm. kind of thing but always teetered like as, as a number 9 I'm very like creative and independent but always uh, kind of feared what other people would mm-hmm. think so that's helped me back in a way but I have always had that fundamental let's do this. I can do this. Nobody else is doing it. I'll do it Uh kind of thing. And then with just different resources, Carol Dweck, TED Talks, Mm -hmm. Growth Versus Fixed Mindset, and then Tony Robbins, and just all the, everybody you hear everybody talking about, Mm -hmm. Lewis Howes, all these guys, just consuming that, just Mm -hmm. consuming that, just, I mean, every single second, bringing that in. And thankfully, you were doing it too. Mm-hmm. And so we had that parallel process where they talk about, we that's a family therapy term. There's a parallel process that we walked through it together, mm-hmm. like on, on train tracks, right? Yeah. They're the same distance apart, but they're parallel wherever mm-hmm. they go, curving all this stuff. Yeah. And we were, sometimes someone was way ahead. Sometimes the other person was way behind, mm-hmm. but still we were on that parallel process together. One thing I did want to say too that Joyce Meyer talks about is the old man dying and the new man being born within mm-hmm. uh, Christianity, mm-hmm. faith, and like, you know, she uses that term a lot where you have to, like, the old man needs to die and the new one needs to be born. The mm-hmm. old person, like the old version of you needs to die, the new one needs to be born. And the image that came to my mind as you were talking just now is this idea of, um, like we need to bury this old version of self, which is what we did. And it took a long time because it was like the zombie apocalypse. We we need to to literally bury, and that's what baptism is representing, is like you go underwater, you die, and you are resurrected again. Mm-hmm. Like it's rep, it's representing like clean cleanliness and mm-hmm. starting over. And one thing that came to my head is like, 
what is so imagine the old behaviors that we had as clothing mm. so my old behaviors are like my 90s ravers outfits right like Jinkos, beads everywhere jinkos and candy raver. my candy raver i don't know why i was a candy raver when i was 14 but i was binkies glowing pacifiers oh my, I'm gonna, and okay, like rainbow eyelashes i totally did that i was such a candy raver do i don't a, know why a, a but, separation right now but listen it's like if i kept all of those clothes and then, but I wanted to be, um, I wanted to get like a raise and I wanted to right. be a lawyer now. And now I'm a lawyer, but I still dress like a candy raver. I am never going to become an actual lawyer and get a job because right. I am wearing my old clothes. Mm-hmm. They are no longer appropriate. And that's what I think of like our behaviors. We tend to want to drag them all around. And it's just like mm-hmm. baggage we don't need that's keeping us down. It's actually keeping us stuck. Right. And it's things like a negative attitude, not a growth mindset, a fixed mindset, um, like self-doubt, sarcasm, all of these things, if we carry them around and drag them around, we are literally like, we're stopping ourselves from making the progress that we want to make. So you know? here's, yeah, here, here's what I... Um, Shout out to Jinkos. Uh, no, not. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't lay a linoleum on a dirty floor, right? Mm-hmm. If you guys listen for any seconds, we redid this whole house, right? We tore up crap with rat crap and everything. So you don't lay a new lino- start over. A new linoleum floor uh on dirt, mm-hmm. right? On on a dirty piece of wood. Mm-hmm. You take up all that crap, you get it clean as you can, you alcohol it, you denature it, you do all this weird chemical stuff to it. And you you don't you don't uh build on um non-level ground, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is obviously like construction metaphors and stuff like yeah. that. You don't do that mm-hmm. because if you do do that, it may work for two seconds, mm-hmm. but then that floor is going to start to bubble up or whatever, and like peel and, and, yeah. and get dirt. And you'd be like, oh my goodness, you know, two months in. You did all that work and now it's getting ruined. It's junk. And mm-hmm. then you have to redo it. Mm-hmm. You have to tear up that old linoleum floor mm-hmm. with the glue and all this stuff, right? And you don't keep that old linoleum floor. And you don't you keep throw that. it away. Right. And you have to spend money and time and effort because my dad actually used to say this. He said, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And our marriage had to be, it was definitely worth doing over, right? But it had to be done right because there was no way in H that I was going to relive the first I don't know, seven years of our marriage, mm-hmm. I would kill myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was dramatic. It was a little dramatic. <laughs> we wouldn't be together. How about that? Mm-hmm. Because it would it would just be... <clears throat> it would tear us no, apart. It would, it, would, it would tear every... Yeah, it would tear us apart mm-hmm. and we would go even more crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, somebody said, is there more info on growth versus fixed mindset yes. or the pal- parallel process? We, yes, there is. We don't have parallel process information, but we could definitely do parallel process information. But there is an episode about growth and fixed mindsets. If you search it, you can literally Google anatomy of marriage, growth, mm-hmm. and fixed mindsets. But even better, look up the author, Carol Dweck. Mm-hmm. D-W-E-C-K and she has TED Talks and mm-hmm. all that stuff They're and great. obviously can explain it and way better than we can. Yeah, and it's, it's a, a book. book. So, yes, excellent question. But just the point of... Wait, her book is called Grit, I think, by Carol Dweck, right? Okay. 
I th- I think that's right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. You can say get it too. for free if you visit audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. You can get the audiobook. Girlfriend, what a segue. Say that one more time. You can get it for free if you visit audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. That's right. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say just to go more on the construction mm-hmm. metaphors and stuff, you, you, you have to clean it out. Mm-hmm. You have to plan. You have to do all this stuff. And of course, premarital stuff doesn't do that which we, I think we suffered from, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, ha- if you did do that, because basically every couple that we talk to has done some mm-hmm. form of that, and they're asking us, oh, geez, how do we, you know, mm-hmm. how'd you get through this, all this stuff. You have to realize that, uh, be accountable for it, and be willing to do it again. And you have to own all of your crap. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? She's mad at me because I did do a crappy job putting the linoleum down. Mm-hmm. And I have to own the fact, well, well, you didn't tell me you wanted it this way and you, you should have known what glue. No, that's not extreme ownership. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? I was in charge of putting the floor down. I did a poor job. It's my freaking fault, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have a growth mindset and you're sarcastic and critical and all these other things about your spouse and you blame and you... A whole host of what we both did. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you're going to have anything good if you continue doing that mm-hmm. in life. First of all, mm-hmm. and then second of all, with your relationship to your spouse, and third of all, with your kids, and fourth of all, at your job or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. And that is the most valuable lesson that I learned throughout this whole entire process, and I'm still learning mm-hmm. by listening to great books like Extreme Ownership and. Other things, mm-hmm. it's you. You absolutely have to take that look and own your stuff. David Goggins, who wrote an awesome, unbelievable book called "Can't Hurt Me," has a thing called the. I think it's called the tyranny would know the accountability mirror. Oh yeah, it. it um, uh, I, that might not be. I right. I don't think that's totally right. The, the truth mirror or something, something like, like that. that. But it's like when you look at yourself deep in the eye, just like deep, deep, deep in your eye, and go, "All right." This is me. Who am I hiding from? I can't lie to myself because that doesn't last very long. And honesty mirror. I knew you would know it, Terry. Thank you. (laughs) The honesty mirror. You have to be honest with yourself because if you can't be honest with yourself, if you you don't have that, you cannot give it Mm. to your spouse or to other people. I use this example in therapy too. If I have a dollar... And I'm like, Melanie, I want to give you $2 so bad. Oh, my gosh. I will give you $2. You got this $2. You got it. You got it. You got it. I want to do it. But I don't even have it in my pocket. Mm -hmm. It's universally, physically impossible that that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So how in the world can a husband or can a wife expect to have these things if you don't have it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so that was a rant. Who is the author of the Can't Hurt Me book? It's called He's called David Goggins. Now, he cusses like crazy, but that brings a oh, fire for me. Yeah, it's oh, awesome. I didn't know that. It's awesome. It really is because you're like, okay, I'm running 500 miles. <laughs> I, if, if you listen to it on Audible, oh my gosh. Yeah, maybe I will. I have a credit oh, coming up poof, soon. It is, it is bad. That it is, is too good. funny. So, yeah. Um, it's so run, bad it's good. You'll run 500 miles just uh, after you listen to that. So, okay, I've been talking for like 10 minutes. Thoughts, please. My love. <laughs> 
So it's really interesting because just today, mm-hmm. as a parent, Ooh, homeschooling our children, trying to bake them some sourdough, starting a sourdough starter, making mini loaves. We're baking the sourdough. We're doing all of the homeschooling things because it's COVID-19. We're in quarantine. We can't do anything. <laughs> and I'm homeschooling all of a sudden. Right. And our one of our kids like flips his lid and I am done. I have dealt with this for... All of last summer was miserable because of this particular kid like flipping his lid all the time. So I sat everybody down uh, today, and, today. Mm-hmm. and I like talked through all of the things about literally what happens when our, we make choices every single day and every single day those choices add up to that at the end of the day we have argued this many minutes. So I no joke, you will see it on our whiteboard in our kitchen. I did the math. I said, "How many times do you guys think we argue a day?" And they mm. said, "I don't know, maybe 4 to 6 or 8." So I said, really? "Okay, well, let's go with 5. Maybe we argue 5 times a day." Mm-hmm. How long do those arguments last? They said, "I don't know, maybe 6 to 10 minutes." Okay, we'll say they're 7 minutes long. We did the math, and I made my children add up mm-hmm. how many hours that equaled in a day, in a week. In a month, mm. in a year, we totaled what we think is 1,440 hours of arguing. 1,000 hours of arguing in a year, which is 60 days. I of... know it's a lot. It's a stupid amount because wow. every single day, someone is fighting about mm-hmm. something. And so it, so I promise this is related. Yeah, I was about so to ask I promise myself. it's related. <laughs> so what we had, to, I'm, I'm teaching my children the stuff I wish that I had known because I mm. was just like this kid that drives me crazy, mm. who I love dearly, but he drives me crazy. Um, so what I told him was, every day when you make a choice that harms someone else, hurts their feelings, whatever, it is cumulative on this little track. And eventually you've spent hour after hour after hour doing this thing every single day and everyone's a culture. We all are used mm-hmm. to it, right? And then at the end of that one year, two years, five years, 10 years, mm. you realize you have made a trail away from relationships, mm-hmm. away from love, away from care. You don't know how to get back. Mm-hmm. And I was so, I want to say angry, but more like, you were heated. I was heated, were... but not mad at them. I was mm. like, this is so important. And this is the kind of crap that I wish someone had said to me. I wish our therapist, when we were going through this, would mm-hmm. have said, look, Melanie, stop being such a naggy B word. Mm-hmm. That's all you do to him. Right. All you do is tell him what he does wrong. All you do is tell him how he didn't do it right, what he didn't think of, where he mm-hmm. didn't turn, what he didn't say. What is he doing right? Right. So if you're a spouse and you're doing that, if you're having that behavior, like the 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 little uh diatribe i just went on a minute mm-hmm. ago what do you think is going to happen mm-hmm. what do you think is what i didn't mean to touch your microphone oh what yeah. what what do i think is going to happen if i'm just racking out credit card and just throwing bills around mm-hmm. what do i think is going to happen at the end of the month like dave ramsey says um there's more month at there's more uh oh, no there's not enough money for the month, or what is it? Something is something funny. <laughs> can't it's like say it right. there's, there's more there's more month than there is money. Yeah, right. And then you're you're out of money. So when we treat other people that way, in whatever we feel is like we're deserving, or they should know, or me me me, blah blah blah. Yeah. Don't be surprised yeah. when you wake up and your spouse is like, yeah. I don't like this anymore. Yeah, well, think of it like this. My dad used to call our kid, the kid that we struggle with, he would call him an emotional terrorist. Yeah. And he would call him that all the time. And that's exactly what I was doing to you. I was holding you hostage mm. with my, I mean, and who likes their, who likes the person that holds them hostage? 
who, what, I mean, there is, I know there's a thing, don't go into the therapy thing of it, but I know like what person goes, oh, I'm just so glad someone's got a gun pointed at me and they're making Mm -hmm. me do things I don't want to do. Stockholm syndrome. Yes, please don't start. Mr. Therapist, okay. I got it. You've okay. got a master's degree of science. Right. Somebody um, says, hold on, somebody, this is this is a funny quote. Somebody says that uh, they listen to the podcast after I watch the lives recorded podcast and I feel like I know y'all. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> that is funny. That's why we want to do it because like, hey, this yeah. is fun. Like, I wish that it does other make it more podcasts I love did I this. I'd be like, of course I'd I'll check totally that out. I totally do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's that's, like getting to hang out twice. Right. <laughs> that's the thing that I think of when I listen back is that and I, what I want to like shake people out there who are doing this, do not be an emotional terrorist to mm-hmm. your spouse. Mm-hmm. Do not expect. And I was totally doing this with you. I was expecting that I could like unload like a whole arsenal. I don't know, a belt of bullets. What is that called? Machine gun belt? Tuff knows the name for it. He told me the other day. I don't know. Like a sash of bullets. I would be unloading yes. the sash of bullets. And, uh, I expected that Seth would still love me and be kind and be happy mm-hmm. and like want to go places with me. Mm-hmm. Why would I ever expect that? And it's reflected so strongly and in such stark contrast when our kid does it to me that it makes me so not angry mm-hmm. at him, but angry that I didn't know how to do it differently. And I will die before our children. If they ever right. treat someone the way I did, I will so I will that, do everything to stop that. That may be a good example of the parallel process. Mm-hmm. Oh you yeah, have, you have lived through it. Mm-hmm. You treated other people exactly that way. Mm-hmm. You're on the other side of it yeah. now. So now your actual responsibility is to teach. Yes. It. Yeah. And what's right? so sad is that I see when we speak at live events. It's often the wives that do this. Um, It's often the wives that come up and they are, because we're taught this. Oh, we're totally culturally Mm -hmm. taught this. It's in every TV TV show you watch. The wife is mean and snarky and snide and ugly to her husband, yet she totally anticipates that if she cries, he's right there. Mm -hmm. He's going to love her. He's going to get her the flowers. He's going to buy her the ring. Mm -hmm. He's going to get her the new car for Christmas. But she can be a total jerk to him. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was doing. Um, And... Why was I saying that? Well, on the converse of that, of course, I believe that TV shows and also culture perpetuates this too. Uh-huh. Uh, the The guy come home comes home or oh, whatever, yeah. wants to watch the game or starts drinking or whatever, and then at night expects expects sex mm-hmm. or something like that. There's or, no connection, or but some yeah. kind of in, in, yeah. intimacy. Uh, I know why. I was why that. would why would we as guys expect that? Mm-hmm. No, it's like come on, no. You, yeah, you think. The real world doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Money, finance doesn't work that way. Our jobs, our bosses don't work that way. Mm-hmm. If you are a boss, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing that I see is when we speak at events, it's almost always a woman, like the wife is coming up and she, the first thing she does is she'll tell me what the husband did wrong and then tell me what he still is doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what part do you? play in this because you are like telling like he's right there like he Mm -hmm. can hear you Mm -hmm. i can see that i can hear you and he's here and we're all Mm -hmm. here and she is just like well but he does this and he does that and she's got a laundry list and he is like a deer in headlights Mm -hmm. and she is like machine gun sashing all day long right but does not see that that is not awesome and it sucks and you said this i think in our last episode or in a live or something but it's like you would never treat a friend that way. Mm-hmm. You would never treat like an acquaintance that way. But we as wives, we learn to do that. And mm-hmm. then we just, I don't know, it's such a terrible, terrible thing. And I totally taught our kids 
I totally taught them how to do that. And mm-hmm. it's abysmal and I hate it. And I feel more motivated mm-hmm. to change it and to clarify it in my own mind. Like, yeah. this is not okay. And here is why. And let me think about why. And here's how we change it. And the hardest part about this. So honestly, this is just my little rant. Hey, Stephen. Hey, but teacher. the hardest part about this, when you're in the moment, when you're doing something that you know is wrong, is you have to stop. That's it. Hmm. And that's the worst thing. You can't talk your way out of it. Mm -hmm. You can't blame your way out of it. You can't fight your way out of it. You just have to stop. Mm. And that's what I was telling all three of our children. I gave them each a thing. I'm like, (laughs) I'll I'll list them off. I'm like, Hattie, (laughs) you cannot manhandle the dog like that. You have got to stop. You have to stop. And when I tell you to stop, don't tell me why. (laughs) Don't tell me you're not. Don't tell me he likes it. Don't whatever. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Mariner. I was like, when you interrupt and you add your two cents to everyone's conversation, the only thing that's stop. okay is mm-hmm. stop. It's not helpful. Right? Yeah. And then with tough, the same thing. Like you're not being appreciative or kind or whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. The only thing is to stop it dead in its tracks. Otherwise, you're feeding it. Mm-hmm. It's going to grow. It's just terrible. Yes, yeah, self-correction. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating because I am like the most doggedly determined. I will. I will. I'm like a. A rat terrier who wants something, mm-hmm. you know, like a digging a hole. And I'm just like, I'm going to go. I don't care. I know the thing's not there. I know I'm not really going to win, but right. I can still dig this hole. Yeah. And it's miserable yeah. for everybody who's involved. And all three of our kids do it. <laughs> mm. Sort of. Not as, not terribly, but I don't know. I've only given them the good traits, apparently. Nice try. Uh, I think but that's true. I don't know. I just really love this episode. And I hope mm-hmm. that you guys love this episode. I really hope that you download, because right now, are um, the workbook, oh, right. the companion mm-hmm. workbook, the best marriage workbook ever, which goes with along with season one, is only mm-hmm. $9. It's only $9.99. And you can get the, it right now. You can go to anatomyofmarriage.com, download the workbook, and go through all of the episodes with the chapters of the workbook. And there's questions. It's mm-hmm. 90 pages, y'all. It's a real workbook. It's a real marriage workbook. Mm-hmm. It was for sale. For $9. Well, it was for sale for $24.99. But with COVID stuff, it's like, okay, how can we get it out there and just help people? It's there for nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. right? So go get it. Mm-hmm. It's good. People like it. Yes, You'll absolutely. It. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to encourage you to go get that. I hope that you love the re-release of season one. It is, I absolutely adore it. And yeah. when I listen back, I get all of the feels, every yeah. single one of them, everything. I loved it so much. Thank yeah. you for so, doing this with me. Oh, you know what? Thank you too. That's what I, thank you for thanking me because that reminded me to thank you. Mm. You did an excellent job. I think the growth that we both had over... Well, since since everything mm-hmm. has been absolutely phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I, it's, well, it's also really beautiful to witness the current growth that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Like you started seventy five hard just recently. Yeah, I did it a while back, and I know that we've been talking about it and stuff. But you jumped on it, and you're doing it. And I think the benefits. Well, I know the benefits will. They will benefit you. They will benefit me. They will benefit our family. Mm -hmm. And even to some macro degree, our listeners and all Mm -hmm. the content that Mm -hmm. we put out there for sure. And it's just so great. So I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about what we have in store with speaking opportunities and all these other things, right? This stupid virus has like, well, not like, we've had to cancel... Yeah, speaking engagement. Several events, like a real... Really good ones. A really big, like, 800-person marriage conference. Mm -hmm. We had to cancel it. Right? (laughs) That sucks. We were supposed to fly to Nashville to do Mm -hmm. this other stuff in front of a 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. Canceled. 
Oh, great. We were supposed to go on a TV show. Canceled. Great. So hopefully that all that stuff will be rescheduled. It's all in good timing. Mm-hmm. We're just getting better and better, and our game is getting stronger, mm-hmm. 100%. I, yeah, I'm really excited for the yeah. future. And I, actually, so you commented in this, it says, don't forget the, about the marriage app. Thank you for saying that, because that is one of the things... When I was listening back to the very last episode, I said in the very end credits, which mm-hmm. won't be in this cut, I don't think, but mm-hmm. it's I said, we're ready we're getting ready for season 2. It's really delicious. I'm really excited about it and mm-hmm. I have all these ideas for apps, blah 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 blah. And now they're here. Back then that was a dream. Right. To create a marriage app was a dream. Mm-hmm. I thought that's the most lofty thing. Yeah. I will probably not ever be able to achieve it but i'm going to throw it out into the universe but it happened i'm going to speak that into existence and it freaking happened like so what what okay so you guys we interviewed anthony o'neill just yesterday and it was awesome and he has one of my new favorite sayings do you remember what he said oh yeah yeah what is it it's you can't it's something like you seek i can't ever say you you anthony if you're watching i'm sorry that (laughs) if i get this wrong but it i think it's if seek what you speak, where focus goes. Energy flows. Right. Yes. And mouth, Mm -hmm. speaking it out there, right? So you spoke into existence Mm -hmm. just the idea. You put it out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, app, right? The same thing with this freaking property that we're on. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's like a park and a zoo with wild animals. It's beautiful. It's like Yellowstone National Park. Can you stay on one <laughs> yes, I analogy can. and on However, point? But it took us four years to get this place, mm-hmm. right? Through persistence, through thinking it and speaking it into existence. And now we're here. And I just am excited about all the other stuff that we're thinking about and mm-hmm. hoping to speak into existence. And if that's the plan, then we're going to make it happen. And so, you know, and I get to do it with you mm-hmm. and the kids and it's just awesome. And our listeners, we, I, I, we pray every day that it's, it's, it's beneficial to whoever listens. Are you rolling your eyes? Am I done? Back to the app. I'm very excited about the app and how it is impacting marriages and helping people. And it will soon be named the Anatomy of Marriage app, which I'm even more excited about. That's a change that's coming that I'm super jazzed about. But like, I can't, it's just, there's something so incredibly amazing about, um, we have worked so hard to make this show happen. Mm -hmm. Season one was, it took a year of dedication. It was hard. It was incredibly hard. We, we recorded our own fights. We recorded ourselves, I mean, literally arguing and crying and getting mad and then had to listen back and edit it and pull out the worst parts to show people. That'll and then talk, you. yeah, and then talk to, you know, amazingly wise people about it and be like, what are your thoughts? What and is, it was, what does JoJo derail Siwa? this. JoJo Siwa. <laughs> Y'all. If you see it, you can see it. You can oh do gosh. it if you try. A D-R-E-A-M. <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa. Anyway, yes. that's getting cut. Sorry. but No, leave it. Oh, my gosh. So I just think it's amazing, and I'm mm-hmm. so passionate about the podcast and the apps and the events. And again, I want to speak this into existence because maybe there's some videographer, TV show producer watching. Ooh. We want to make a show. We were talking about this the other day that we really, I really want to make a show. I don't know if you really TV do. Show. A TV show. Where we go, it's almost like Super Nanny. Like we go to people's homes mm-hmm. and we process, and this is parallel process actually. Mm. That's exactly what it would be mm-hmm. because we are helping a couple process their own things that they're walking through, but we have to process them for ourselves as we process them. Right. Because it, 
we will, of course, we'll get in conflict. We get in conflict. We got in conflict nine seconds ago. Y'all saw it. Um, <laughs> and it's so it's really amazing because no one cares about marriage information until their marriage hits the crap fan. Right. No one cares because marriage stuff is boring or it's fake. Or it's so picture-perfect, barfy, we go to the beach and our hair is long and look at how we run with no shoes on do and you that go, doesn't happen. Do you go to a gas station if you don't need gas? No, you don't. You don't hang out there? No, I don't. just like look at gas? <laughs> That's good. That's good. And you <laughs> right? don't look at gas. Yeah, you don't, you don't look at and smell it and then the gas, you know? <laughs> no, you don't. You go to the gas station when you need something, yeah. right? A lot of people do premarital when they're about to get married. No, someone a, pitch it to TLC. Exactly. Come on. You, you, you do premarital when it's a check the box list when you're mm-hmm. goofy pastor who was a youth pastor who's like, you don't, know. Now nah, don't be throwing shade. <laughs> Sorry. I'd we throw, know loads throw of youth shade. pastors. <laughs> but I'm speaking the truth. It's mm-hmm. like, you don't care about a stupid pre-marriage book. No. Oh, uh, well, you can't get married on, in the church because she wants to unless you do a pre-marriage Unless look. you fill yeah. out these 27 pages, which watch how I'm going to fill out these. I'm not going to read right. anything. You've you got to be kidding me. So you don't care about that stuff. I don't care. I'm a therapist. I mean, I read therapy books anyway, but that's my job. That's my career. So I care about it. Mm-hmm. But most people don't care about biology unless they're in class and they want to get a a B to maintain their scholarship. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On some elective or something. So that's, we we want to make it different, Flip right? It. Like if you have seen the documentary Cheer, I don't care about cheerleading, but gosh, I love that documentary. I mean, I yeah. was like, a comp- the series was so enthralling because I was in it. Because there's, I got a, to see there's it, a narrative, there's characters. I will characters. never watch anything else about cheer ever in my life unless they make a season two. It could two. be a new Netflix series. It, I know. It honestly could. Seriously, spread the word. Help us get there, you guys. <laughs> if- who who lives in LA? Quick. <laughs> Call our agent. But anyway. We don't have an agent. <laughs> I am just so excited <laughs> about this show. I'm so excited for moving forward. We're going to be doing a lot more lives. We're going to be doing more podcasts and answering questions again like we did between when we re-released and all that jazz yes. so if you've got questions send them in we like even the parallel process that will be an episode mm-hmm. and i'm just so excited for moving forward and what this is going to look like and um and seeing our dreams come true yeah i totally do believe it jojo siwa style and you guys so we do go live on instagram and facebook mm-hmm. live every morning with a little thing called anatomy of marriage marriage mornings right mm-hmm. and usually it's around 7 30 a.m pacific standard time and we're doing this new thing on when we go live on Instagram, send a request to talk about a relevant topic, mm-hmm. not just to say hey and talk about a grocery list, but to talk yeah. about or send in a question, we will approve you to join us live mm-hmm. on on the show, right? On IG Live. So do that. Think about your questions. Also remember to email questions at hello at anatomyofmarriage.com. Mm-hmm. And two things, if you've liked any of the books that we've talked about, you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get a free audiobook. Get Extreme Ownership, Get Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, Get Grit by Carol Dweck for free on us. Mm-hmm. Audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. And also, the best marriage workbook ever used to be $24.99 for like a year. Guess what? It's $9.99 now. $9.99. Oh, you go to Starbucks. You obviously spend you can't way more go than to that. Starbucks. Well, so you go gotta to, get through a drive-thru, and the line is eight hundred miles long. So, you guys, we're in it to win it. We're in it to give Spin and serve. It. 
and spend whatever. I don't know. We're here to grow, have a growth mindset, and to put out content that actually helps marriages and singles and people in general. So we love you guys. Got anything else, girlfriend? No, please rate and review the podcast. That stupid review that says I interrupt Seth all the time is the like only one I old. see. I literally don't see. It. I am so sick of it. Have a growth mindset. I do have a growth mindset. We love you guys. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for hanging out with us. And we will catch you for a marriage morning and other episodes coming soon. All right. Looking all right. forward to it. Bye. Bye.